0: are listening to the Teen Wolf Re-Wolf, dude. How do you feel right now? Unclear. I've been trying to figure that out all day. I yes, the mood has been weird, off, bonkers. You might say. A little, a little cuckoo banana bread. It's also very cold in here, so maybe that's influencing me. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's funny. I went outside today, not to not stop talking about Teen Wolf immediately, but I did go <laughs> outside today. You know, the once I went outside, and it officially smelled like winter and not mm-hmm. fall. And I... I was like, okay. I noticed that on my walk to the grocery store yesterday. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was like, this smells like winter. This doesn't smell like fall. We're moving
1: on. Well, you know what's weird, though? We have not had our first snow, and I feel like it's happened by now the last two years we've lived here.
0: It's weird to not have... Well, it took us forever to even get like a first frost. Mm Mm-hmm. Because global warming. because The climate is in crisis. The climate is in desperate cli- crisis. And I'm pretty sure the average temperature for October was like 75 degrees. Bananas. Disgusting. It was very uncomfortable. But then November hit and it was like, Haha, uh, yes. Yeah. I, I've settled into my natural state. Well, it's really funny. Like literally the high for Halloween was like 15 degrees hotter than the high for November 1st crazy (laughs) like literally november hit and it was like it's winter yeah so it was cold it was kind of spooky like bad weather vibes at the beginning of the day Mm -hmm. um yeah i've just been thinking all day
1: about the fact that this is the last episode of teen wolf
0: not of the re-wolf we still have our big recap to do next week and our last bonus episode highlander chosen by the wonderful danny who won bingo but yeah for right now this is like the last, you know, real episode of the Teen Wolf, a podcast where we talk about MTV's Teen Wolf. My name is Christian. How good was that? I'm Julia. It was incredibly oh, smooth. Oh, God. Really good. Like, getting it in there. Real I nice. I know. I yeah. saw the opportunity, and I was like, for once once <laughs> in my life, it will make sense to bring it up. But yes, you guys are listening to the Teen Wolf, ReWolf, wolf and we are talking about the series finale. Not season, well, season finale, but series finale of Teen Wolf, The Wolves of War. Uh, Yes, and... For an extra special treat. (laughs) Extra special. (laughs) This episode
1: was uh, written by Jeff Davis, but it was directed by both Tim Andrew and Russell
0: Mulcahy. They got... double billing I was gonna say they put put in the get-along shirt but I'm sure they have a great working relationship because they directed the whole show technically together but you know pretty much never in tandem like this yeah we sat down and we were like I think we're gonna be able to like pick apart Tim Andrews scenes and pick apart you know Russell Mulcahy influence yes the last scene it was raining. So, so yeah. Russell. But there was, like, some slow-mo and some, like, light action in the hospital. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, Tim Andrew, I see you. I see you. I feel you. I feel your presence. Just sprinkling their little signatures uh-huh. all over the place. I mean, yeah. This whole episode was sort of just, like, sprinkling signatures. hmm Which we'll get to. Um, but first. And for not technically the last time, because we still have to do a <laughs> recap for Highlander. But for the last time, we are doing the 60 second recap
1: well yeah this is the last time for the 60 second because the recap in the movie yeah. we just time it so this is like end of an era
0: everything we do this episode is an the end, end of, of an, an era. era um and we'll be properly annoying about it oh we're gonna be so nostalgic and self-indulgent and what are you gonna do stop us it's our podcast <laughs> nice throwback there Oh yeah, that used to be the mo of this show <laughs> or tagline. It's yeah. our podcast. It's our podcast. Yeah. If you'd have invented Facebook, you'd, you'd have invented, invented the Teen Wolf Free Wolf. Yeah. Okay. So Julia, you have your paper handy because I know that you and y- I know that you know that we both know that you are going first <laughs> on our last recap. Give me, give me, how are you feeling? Like play by play, what's going through your mind? Do you, are you feeling ready? Do you think you're going to nail it? Like,
1: I'm feeling like I did not take nearly enough notes for a 52 minute episode. It was long. It was yeah. long. It um, felt long. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I had extra lines at the bottom of my paper. If that tells you anything, I was very engrossed. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. Like, well, well, I guess me neither. Should <laughs> we just see how it goes? I suppose so. That's the only option. You're okay. On your record set, so like, like, go. Okay. So Scott wakes up in a motel and Chris is like, we're going to go somewhere. And he tells a story of a kid who's being hunted that he saved. His name is Alex, but it's actually a flash forward. And then we go back to the present, the firefight and Styles and Derek show up and there's this stupid little superhero jump and they scare off all the dudes. Deucalion is dying and he gives Scott like the last words of encouragement. And then there's like a fun little reunion and Gerard sends a Shakespearean message and is like, I have all of your friends and you're going to come to me. Um, Scott calls Theo for backup and they're like, we're going to go make a plan um then uh you know Corey and mason at the hospital are planning to fight for each other and melissa's also planning on doing the same thing there's like a wolfsbane bullet that's going to kill scott mccall that uh gerard gives to monroe um they're having like a little brief about the Anukite in the um vet's office and then peter goes to the school and he gets turned to stone like immediately because he's not paying attention jackson uses his tail to escape and runs into styles and lydia and they hug and they go and get ethan and get out of there there's the wonderful, um, amazing uh elevator moment um the gang at the school finds statue peter and uh scott gets shot with the wolfsbane bullet um meanwhile at the hospital lots of fighting ensues oh
0: you've gobbled your last
1: school governor Governor Cuomo. Cuomo. i don't think i made it halfway through the episode um but i can't remember so i
0: can't give heads or tails to that because i made it I mean, halfway through my notes. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I get really um, spooked about whether or not I'm going to be able to stop the timer in time so it doesn't make a lot of noise. So I'll like not, not that I'm not listening to you, you know, because I am, but. No, it's very um, kind of you considering that I just let it happen. I know. <laughs> so, you know, one of us is making this a good <laughs> podcast. Ouch. Um, okay. Are you ready? Um, that's the last time you get to ask me. Want to ask it again?
1: No. No. I think I'm
0: good, actually.
1: Um, Well, I have gone first, and now you must go second, to recap this
0: episode um, in 60 seconds. Okay. And you're going to do that in three, two one go. So Chris gets Scott in a motel room and they pick up some kid named running from hunters and then Scott saves him and they tell him the story and then it's back to the firefight and then Styles and Derek show up and then Deucalion is dying He gives, he's like uh, Gerard can't beat you and then Gerard like, contacts them and quotes Julius Caesar over the police radio and then he says he has everybody and they're like okay we gotta split up and then Scott tells Theo to get to Liam and at the vet they like Styles and Derek tell them their stories about how they got there and then the gang like um, explains the Anukite and then um, Corey and Mason say I love you and, and Melissa Melissa, like, wakes up Nolan and is like, Hey, you gotta fight. The gang's plans to split up. Peter goes to high school immediately. It's turned into stone because he's not listening to Malia. Jackson knocks out the guy guarding him with his tail. Derek and Scott and Malia find Peter. Um, uh, they hear a heartbeat and they're like okay he's still alive uh, and Styles find Jackson F- and then uh, Ethan and um, they steal uh, Mountain Nash Liam is saved by Theo and then the Theum elevator scene that everyone loves Monroe shows up at the school and then shoots Scott. with the yellow wolfsbane and then Derek has to burn it out of Scott and then um, uh, the sheriff kicks ass and gets Parrish to like come save Hib, hib like Raphael oh my god you got Ooh. further than I did I did I did yeah um, right Okay, you seem distressed. I'm very out of breath.
1: <laughs> that always happens to me. But yeah. so, deep breaths, and then you can wrap up what happens at, on the series finale of Team Wolf.
0: Yeah, okay. So, Derek burns the yellow wolf bane out of Scott. With a little creme brulee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with a teeny weeny blowtorch. Yeah. Uh, at the hospital, um, Gabe and Melissa start helping... Uh, Leo, nope, no! Theo and Liam uh, fight the hunters, and um, then Parrish and Raf and uh, the sheriff start, you know, R- taking control over the town. Finally. Meanwhile, uh, the Anukate back Scott into the library and starts manifesting all of the terrible things that have uh, Scott has ever had to face including berserkers and the nogitsune we saw a little bit of void styles always sexy always fun mm-hmm. um, he talks about Allison and you know Scott tells Scott that he feels like he failed like tell makes Scott feel like he failed uh, Scott Fight, realizes that the only way to fight the Anukate is by clawing out his own eyes in the most metal thing that has ever happened in <laughs> Teen Wolf. Very sexy of I him. know. So sexy. Um, Style shows up with the mountain ash. They trap the Anukate It somehow turns the Anukate to stone, even though that only, the only thing we've ever seen mountain ash ever do is just make somebody stuck somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um malia shows up the gang is there malia kisses scott his eyes reform and then we get our little epilogue where liam gets to go do his senior year and he is co-capt oh wait no at the hospital gabe dies and theo <laughs> takes his pain that was sorry i feel like i should have done that before the scott i think anyway epilogue um the no liam gets to do his senior year and him and nolan are co-captains there's a great coach mo- coach moment um uh we flash forward and Scott is talking to Alec again and he's like you know you can be part of this pack but you have to help us fight the rest of the hunters and then it ends with them walking into the rain
1: in slow-mo in slow-mo with the wind blowing in their hair yeah they're walking what are they
0: walking towards I don't know I don't know I don't know but it looks cool yeah um (laughs) <laughs> it's the last one it's the last episode of teen wolf and you know it's kind of it's it feels sort of more comfortable now knowing that there's more to come yes um this is a very controversial episode amongst the fandom as we have observed from day one of starting this podcast people had stuff to say about this episode and how it ended um i hope we can do it justice mm-hmm. and we'll be honest we we, we
1: we didn't love it. Didn't love it. No. Um I'm kind of wondering if you remember like your experience watching this for the first time because I was trying to remember, I think I got to the end of it and I was like, that's it.
0: Yeah. No, I totally exactly how I felt, especially because I didn't watch, uh, I quit, I think as everyone knows, I quit watching during season five. Mm-hmm happy I came back obviously and then you watch season 6a and you were just like riding this wild high of like this the wild hunt of ghost cowboys and there's yeah. only five characters in the show and like you know the stakes are perfectly measured for whatever reason and it, mm-hmm. there's always all these fun things that you get to watch during that uh, season and then you move into this and it's all of a sudden like playtime's over it's really serious we're taking ourselves really seriously this time for the final season and it's a really draining season to watch, mm-hmm. and when compared to the finale of Six A, feels like you set up at a different show that you had no interest in following through on.
1: Yeah, it kind of makes me wonder if they just really wanted to like leave the door open, um, and clearly that worked out for them mm-hmm. because there is a movie on the way, as we know. Um, but I think that's why. I mean. I think people are always disappointed when shows end, but I have never seen a fandom so uh, invested in getting more content than the Teen Wolf fandom.
0: Um, Totally. I mean, and there's obviously famed examples of, like, injustices, like (laughs) Firefly being canceled. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that there's a lot of Star Trek series that didn't get as long of a life as people wanted. Even the original series of yes. Star Trek got canceled, and people threw a, a hissy. But like from our experience, like immediately when we started this podcast, people were like, "You have to get on the season seven train," which we are publicly not on. But I so empathize with that mm-hmm. thought after watching this. I um, I do have, you know, there are good things to say about this. I don't want to completely derail it into negativity immediately. Uh, so let's get into our main discussion. We're going to be talking about this episode through the theme of friendship the power of friendship the power of friendship you didn't see me but like for a visual (laughs) reference I did jazz hands when I said friendship yes um yeah I mean it's obviously the core theme of
1: the show Yeah. yeah
0: um but obviously this episode is about like reunification and like seeing these old faces and joining together to fight against evil You know? Yes. It's like the Care Bears holding hands meme. (laughs) Um, Spreading rainbows. Exactly. Um, Sunshine. Fighting fascism Mm -hmm. with um, the power of friendship. Claws. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That too. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So we figured that that was a good way to to celebrate Teen Wolf, to celebrate the Wolf Pack, to celebrate each other. Um, I'm excited to, to get into this discussion. It is insane that it's you know, we're here. It's a lot of pressure. It is. I've, and this whole time, my heart has been like pounding because I'm like, what if it sucks? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know
1: what? We have had plenty of like mm, moments. That's true. Before, and the wolf pack has stuck with us for. Whatever reason, and we uh, love y'all.
0: I like to think that people are just listening, and we'll say stuff, and they're like, mm, "Very cringy." Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh yeah. Skip forward thirty seconds. But you seconds. know what's funny is I also have to re-listen to make sure everything's okay, and mm-hmm. I'm always like, mm, "Very cringy." <laughs> moving on. It's, yeah. our, it's our brand. It's our brand. Yeah, cringe queens. Mm. Ding. Um. Yes. Back to cringe. Um. Friendship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. We obviously see a lot of old faces in this episode. We see, you know, a newer... We see a different light on new faces. Where do you want to start?
1: Oh, it's so hard to know where to begin. Um, I kind of want to
0: talk about Styles because he hasn't been around this whole time. Dylan O'Brien, for the last time, baby, you are the Teen Wolf King. Yeah, we love you. We were... I was happy to see him. I was so happy he lights up the screen. I did think because this season is so tonally off mm-hmm. his like little jokes which would have felt normal in the beginning of a Teen Wolf season felt a little bit like are you not realizing what's happening right now? Read the room. The task at hand is immense. Yes. Um but yeah, it was great. It was, you know, really fun to see him roll up and I do wish that they had repeated the line from 6a being like bad guy I didn't misread that (laughs) it is very good but you see like he 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 shows up and Scott's entire demeanor changes because again like this show prior to six is about the Scott and Styles of it all yes it
1: their dynamic is what carries it through even it's like less savory moments Mm -hmm. and like everything about 6a was so condensed you didn't feel his absence as much as you otherwise might have but like throughout all of 6b it's just like where are styles yeah and so to finally have him in this moment it's like a warm hug it's a warm hug and the fact that he um gets to be the one who like Scott saves himself Scott is very capable of doing that but like with the aid of his friends Mm -hmm. that Stiles is able to one last time come through with that bottle of Mountain Ash. yes is amazing it also feels like
0: you know he just throws it on the ground to save Scott and it Mm -hmm. feels like in season two when he is just praying you know to whoever that he has enough to make the lines touch around the nightclub he's like creating magic to keep the, ba- the mountain ash from running out yeah. it's so crazy and, it's, and it happens again he does something magic in the name of saving his friend and it's mm-hmm. it's wonderful to see him it's great to see him and Lydia I kind of wish they had kissed
1: I wish they had too I'm not really sure what there were a couple of moments where I wish certain characters had kissed like um, Jackson and Ethan yeah Jackson and Ethan didn't kiss at all Um, and like Corey and Mason had their wonderful little moment of I I love you and they did shmooch um, yeah but, yeah, I wish that there had been a sort of reunion because like Styles is seeing his girlfriend for the first
0: time in however many months as well. Mm-hmm. um so that was kind of a bummer but but no, I think they had they had good repartee at one point mm-hmm. like you know, Styles is talking about getting his toe blown off <laughs> or whatever, and she's like, enough about your toe mm-hmm. and it's very much like these people are. Like she would yell at him later about that, but like they, it's such a really good sort of fun little peek into their relationship, which obviously started as and a very well, it started as a stalkership, but then moved <laughs> into a very deep friendship.
1: Yes, I mean even um, in the moments when they have like frightened the hunters away at the beginning of this episode, and Dukey and his dying Rip King, um, King. They just like there's just a shot because they're they're standing behind Scott and there's just a shot of them like very gently reaching for each other's hands as like a reassurance that they're both there, Mm -hmm. Um, which is kind of like I don't know a theme in their relationship is that they are always kind of looking for each other, Mm -hmm. um, even before they were being romantic. So that was nice Mm -hmm. to see them continue to do that.
0: Um, I loved seeing him come back i did too i also really wish he had a moment with malia especially since they never actually addressed the fact that they broke up in any way but like no. you know how you have like a favorite ex mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i wanted to see some favorite ex energy from those two fist bump yeah ever seen that tweet that's like i'm single but if you see me out with my favorite ex mind your business <laughs> um yes yeah incredible I could have used something that felt like a a moment of friendship where I was like these people have a like big ties to each other let's not ignore that
1: he he was her anchor yeah yeah so there there that could have been something yep um I really wish that he had been able to make an appearance in the last episode so that we'd had more of him Mm -hmm. um but it's I'll take what I can get
0: yeah Dylan O'Brien's a busy guy
1: he is, you know? um, yeah. Fingers crossed that he'll be back for the movie. Yes, I hope so.
0: I, I guess Lyndon Ashby tweeted something that like semi confirms it, but like, I'm, I'm if it's, not, it's not, not on if it's not on <laughs> IMDb and I haven't seen like the Deadline article, whatever. Like you know, I I'm a proof first person. Yes. Um. Anyway, but yeah. So so Scott is obviously the you know the fulcrum of of this whole group. Like, Mm -hmm. all of these friendships are tied to him and tethered to him in in these really intricate ways, and it's kind of great to see how they all interact with each other, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, Styles is going back for Scott, but he also has to go get Derek first. (laughs) Oh, Um, which is crazy. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Um, sure. All right. Steric Shippers, close your ears. (laughs) This isn't for you. It wasn't even, like fun good I mean like it was funny but it was sort of like condescending fan service a little bit
1: I I feel okay about the initial um appearance of the two of them where and I
0: like the idea that styles
1: had to go get him Mm -hmm. but the whole like you know I had to carry you out of the building and he's like screaming it just it feels kind of um yeah like people are being kind of made fun of for shipping the ship, which on, which we on record really we really don't. don't. yeah. <laughs>
0: but I was like, but that's not how I would... I think there was a way to sort of do that as like a, hey, we see you, we feel you, we'll give you this little bit. And I think actually like just having it being like the carrying over the shoulder type of like helping somebody out of the building is different from the like...
1: Ticking and screaming bridal carry across yeah, the threshold. Yeah, it's like weirdly
0: feminizing and like yeah. not... Yeah, I, I didn't love it. But I mean, I do think that the idea that like... Styles would team up with somebody who he has so much beef with and all of this weird history with or like go do that for Scott for the good of Beacon Hills speaks really well to their friendship. And then obviously Derek wants to go back for Scott and says, I came back for you.
1: Yes. Um, I think it's funny because obviously um, Styles sees Derek kind of like before this all starts happening. So I think he would have had to do it anyway Mm -hmm. so that means that he was sitting around plotting how to get to Derek for probably months
0: I don't know how long this season covers I think it's only a couple weeks I think it yeah it's really only a couple weeks
1: weeks um that's still just like he he was already thinking oh fuck I gotta take care of
0: this yeah yeah um which is nice I also like. I'm obviously willing to suspend my disbelief for Teen Wolf because mm-hmm. it's a show about werewolf. But like the whole like, oh Styles, you know, got the FBI to take an intern on this mission while hunting down a, you know, mass murderer. I was like, and then they just walked out of the building together. Yeah, I was like, do better, do better, Teen Wolf. Cool. Come on, think harder. <laughs> think
1: Styles could have gotten there. Without conning them into taking him... Like, he had all the
0: information. Yeah, Styles could have just, like, could have done the research, figured out where Derek was going to be, and then gone by himself. This was also, like, post-Chris, so you think maybe Derek would have gotten a cell phone.
1: Yeah. After that interaction. Yep. I don't know.
0: Yep. I'm not in Derek Hale's head. No. Nor would I want to be. Nope. That sounds horrific. No, really bad, actually. Yeah. Yes. Um. But yeah, I mean, we don't have to cover that too much. <laughs> it was just sort of like, okay, I, I mean, you know, I'm... Uh, this episode is entirely fan service, pretty much. I mean, we see all, we play all the hits. We, you know, we see the, we have Derek, we have Kate, we have Gerard, we have Peter, Jennifer, Jennifer. Yeah. So I, I mean, obviously, don't mind the fan service. That one is just sort of like, okay, okay, fine, thank you. Um, moving on. Mm-hmm. Who? Who's- I, I, let's talk about Peter, actually we should have gotten a little bit more of peter derrick right i uh agree they barely interact no and they kind of make the peter thing his relationship or feeling towards malia Mm -hmm. and even his anukate hallucination is her saying dad which he's only ever said once
1: yeah which is i mean interesting because they're supposed to play on like his fears Yeah, Um, and she doesn't even sound particularly like distressed in that like call to him so interesting. I don't know. But I, I wish that there had been a moment with Peter and Derek um, because they spent a lot of time with each other in previous seasons. They are related.
0: And also we kind of have this idea that like, especially after their, the, after Talia died, like Peter was, I mean, like not a caretaker, obviously, because he was burned. But like there is this sort of idea that like because his family is gone, Peter is what he has and therefore mm-hmm. has really strong feelings towards him. And prior to his family's death like Peter was a big part of his like high school life we know that.
1: Yeah, well Peter is not somebody that Derek would like willingly associate with and it's large- bummer <laughs> I would. <laughs> yeah, cuz we love Peter, but like it is out of familial feeling. And like I do think that Derek loves Peter. Yeah. Um somewhat like and he just didn't get to talk to him at yeah. all.
0: Well, I just thought, it, I think, I think maybe even that's interesting though, that he doesn't really feel like he's looking out for or like watching over Derek anymore because he has this new person, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what we read into it. Maybe. I wish Peter had been a bigger part of this episode. Just sort of freezing people in place is lazy.
1: Well, and we didn't even see it happen to Malia. no. Or Ethan, like
0: Yeah. It's just a panel. Well, I know why we didn't see it happen to yeah. Ethan. That was kind of smart. But yeah, just freezing characters in place so you can let the rest of the plot play out. I was like, okay. No, that's not very smart. <laughs> no. There are other ways to have people down for the count. It's just really convenient. Um, you know, but like all back to Peter. Peter, I is somebody I want to show up in the movie in any capacity. He could be the big bad villain and it'd be like, a return to form.
1: <laughs> I, I actually would be very enthused. Oh, it would be great by that villainous peter is my favorite version of peter i know ian bowen's kind of busy these days but yeah he is he's doing that uh, cowboy show
0: yeah right yep. i think it's about cowboys i've never watched it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah okay you know who i kind of want to talk about friendship wise who well one i think that the pair that, that parish and the sheriff have had a really interesting relationship that mm-hmm. sort of started with sheriff being a little bit like i'm your boss and now it is very clear like a strong friendship that probably was is more secure as like an allyship in being like the people who know about the supernatural in their place of work. I think there's also kind of like a dad son thing going a, on a little bit. I'm pretty. Well, I mean like the sheriff is somebody who's sort of like I diagnose anybody younger than me as <laughs> child. So yes, well, and because Styles
1: isn't around so much, and Parrish is like the only deputy who remains loyal to him. Um, because they have such a secure relationship, and also he's a supernatural. Um, I I love the little um crime fighting moment at the end where uh the sheriff is like par- deputy to get them to drop their guns, and he just like heat radiates yeah to all those people. I was like, what a duo. Yeah,
0: yeah. I thought that was great, and I also think sort of the addition of Raphael is really interesting there as well, because like. When we think about the beginnings of Raphael and the sheriff, it is very tense. And they were clearly not close at all when their kids were children. Adversarial, I would say. Yeah. So, like, one, they both are sort of like, the sort of Spider-Man meme of you have a drinking (laughs) problem between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you know, Raphael has immense amount of power over, um you know, the sheriff as a member of the FBI. And Although you a, wouldn't know it. Yeah, literally. And a <laughs> county sheriff. <laughs> um, And so to sort of have, you know, this reckoning that a little bit happens off screen because Raphael is briefed on the supernatural away from us. I got, I wish annoying. I don't, yeah. Cause I like Raphael. I do too. Yeah. His relationship with Scott is fascinating and sad and really interesting to watch. And they were like, nah, just kidding. Yeah. They, the, that is the
1: problem with, like, late season Teen Wolf is they keep dropping in these fascinating concepts. Raphael, the primal. And then they're like, I... Just kidding.
0: Yeah. Well, Raphael's not late season, but they didn't do enough with that.
1: Well, they... Um, they did not.
0: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, to see them all together as sort of, like, this crime-fighting trio. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm not into, like, supernatural cops because I hate cops, but mm-hmm. I guess this is kind of interesting. It's, it's a fun dynamic. Yeah. Like... Hate cops, love a buddy cop movie. Okay, how tall is Matthew Dell'Ante?
1: He's got to be six two, is my guess. Yeah, he's uh, tall for an actor. Tall for an actor. Yeah. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I would love to know how tall Lyndon Ashby is. I think he's just like a regular sized man. It's just yeah, I think he's just a
0: dude. Okay, it is like absolutely <laughs> stupid that the sheriff can just come and dummy three dudes though, right? Like I get the concept of old man strength, but I was like. <laughs> Okay, I guess, you know, just to God with a bang, he's going to go beat up three guys to get to perish.
1: Some of it looked realistic enough, like him, you know, punching out the guys. I'm like, okay. Okay. But the, the kick to the chest on the one guy, I was like, mm, just the flexibility seems unlikely.
0: It's kind of like watching John Wick. You're like, I know how old Keanu Reeves is. <laughs> I mean, immortal, but you know, so you're yeah. like. And he can do all that with a pencil? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting relationship. Um,
1: and they're friends. Yeah. And then the sheriff goes to save his friend because that's about all he can do. <laughs> it's all he can do.
0: It's all he can do. Um, you know what is what was my favorite sort of relationship moment? What? Is when Lydia runs and she's like Jackson and she jumps into his arms yes and they kind of ruin it like two seconds later by suggesting that these two haven't talked which is so unrealistic they would FaceTime they, yes they would Skype yes especially if that is her reaction to seeing him they are still very close and like yeah like have a relationship but just seeing how excited she was to see him it it, well it's one how i am like yes jackson's (laughs) Jackson's back back. but i you know because they didn't leave on a bad note you know we watched like this really like really intricate and sad way of their relationship falling apart in season two as jackson was being the cannibal and being controlled and it ended with them being very much like people who love each other and seeing that i was like this is such a really great display of love
1: the scene with the key in season two yeah. gets me every time. I I think it is so tender and especially because a lot of their uh, relationship is kind of posed as this like, well, they're together as like a political move in the first season. And it's like, do these people actually like each other? And no, like they really, really do.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it's
1: totally mutual. Mm hmm. And I loved getting a reminder of that, especially because Jackson's been in a couple of episodes and it's kind of like, oh my God when here when are he and Lydia gonna like see each other yes. and hang out Yes.
0: yeah. I disagree with the moment of her finding out about Ethan mostly be well, mostly because I think she should know. I mm-hmm. think it's insane that nobody knows. I think it's crazy that nobody knows um. Especially, like, how many werewolves are there in the world? Like, I feel like Jackson would text Lydia and be like, I met this guy named Ethan. He says that he's used to be in Beacon Hills. Yeah. That would be the first thing that they talked about.
1: Yeah. And he, yeah, he would, he would call Scott. Yeah. Be like, hey, man, what's up with this Ethan dude?
0: Yeah. He'd be like, "Give give me the lowdown. But you know what I loved is that Ethan is like, we're here for our friends. And it's knowing how Ethan exits the show. You know, without his brother, the Alpha Pack dissolved is an unlikely ally to everybody. That speaks so highly of the McCall Pack, and I loved that moment.
1: Yes, I really, when I'm feeling, like, down about Teen Wolf, the thing that gets you through is, like, how you feel about these characters and their relationships to each other, and it's such a nice reminder of, like, people we haven't seen in so long, um, that they are called to come back, you know, and again, it's, it's Derek saying to Scott, well, I didn't come back for Beacon Hills. I came back for you. Like Ethan didn't come back for Beacon Hills. He came back for Scott and Lydia and maybe Styles. I don't know. Yeah. You yeah. know, his friends.
0: Yeah. Um, which is, is, is great. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the Argents. Mm. This is not a friendship, but it is a very... Very upsetting dynamic and speaks really interestingly of where everybody in that family decides to align themselves. So obviously, Chris, at this point, is like surrogate father to Scott. Scott. Mm -hmm. Not only is he shacked up with his mom. (laughs) Got a stepdad at the end of this. (laughs) But at the beginning of this episode, when he's telling his story to Alex, Scott is like, you know, there are people who, you know, we never thought we could lose and do lose. And he says he gives his entire speech staring at Chris being like, Basically being like, I still feel responsible for the death of your daughter, but also I'm so happy that you're in my life. Yeah. And you think about that, and then you think about his his little moment at the end where Gerard was like, Scott McCall ruined my family, and he's like, your family is standing in front of you.
1: I wish that that moment had been given a little more weight. Oh, that
0: should have been like a 10-minute scene
1: yeah well there were like okay not even thirty not 10 seconds. minutes that would be
0: 10 minutes would be so long for a scene but like but like let the, it let,
1: land man when we talk about 30 second teen wolf scenes there were five second teen wolf scenes it
0: was it was rife with jump cuts it was so, so annoying
1: so crazy and i really wish that that moment had had a little more heft to it a breath because in that moment like chris must be standing there thinking about Allison and Victoria and having lost Kate because she's a completely different person now and no longer in his life and lost his whole way of living and his father. Like he's lost everything except for Scott. Yeah. And to be confronted with the fact that like you have tried so hard to like love this person who is fundamentally unlovable Gerard. Yeah. And knowing that he's like never gonna give that to you even when he's being confronted with the fact that like his only remaining family is in that room with him Mm -hmm. is just like it's so affecting and I wish that we had had a little more time to
0: sit with that yeah I agree and I think you know sort of like like Chris's solution to not having a family anymore was to find friends with whom he can have a family. And like, that's the whole thing is that the pack is a family Mm -hmm. and Gerard's solution was to find people he can have control over. And that, and then Kate's was obviously to be alone, Mm -hmm. to be a one woman, um, crazy pants show. Got it. You know what? (laughs) She really, I think Kate killing Gerard is like, yes, because one, Chris would have like some sort of doctor who moment where he's like, I never would. Mm hmm. But Kate has no boundaries, no morals, and I want to see him dead, and I want her to do it.
1: Yeah, well, especially because, you know, contrary to what Kate says in the previous episode, where she's like, I don't care if Daddy loves me, I just want to kill Scott. um, She clearly thought that doing that would bring her back into the fold, and Gerard just laughs at her, Mm -hmm. literally. So her getting to give him his comeuppance is cosmic, almost. Like, I loved it. Um, especially because she gets to turn into like jaguar form for it. And that is her last hurrah, too, because she's been shot with Wolf Spain.
0: Yes, yes, yellow Wolf Spain, which I guess I don't know what happened. I guess it does the same thing to jaguars, but I do not know. Let's move to the hospital, shall we? Let's, shall Um. So, I mean, obviously, like the biggest example of like a friendship, you can correct <laughs> me. In this is, like, the official ally, you know, making of Liam and Theo. I'm very proud of you. That I said their names right. It, well, I had to mess it up twice before we got to this part, so... That, um, you get one of me saying it right. The rest, I'm going to mess it up on purpose. I think I also am going to struggle with that. Um, And I
1: know that I am on record as being a Theum truther. I know. But... um. I think people really love that elevator scene. Oh, I think it's great. It's wonderful. Um, because they, they have kind of been coming to this all season where, um, I think Liam like wants to trust Theo and Theo wants Liam to trust him, but they're both kind of
0: like, I actually think it's a little bit different. I think the, um, I think Liam doesn't want to trust Theo and is a little bit weirded out with himself that he kind of does.
1: Mm. I don't well the the reason I feel that way is because Liam is the one who decided to bring him back that's true and I think he wants to feel that that is justified and he wants a a reason and an excuse to trust him um even though like he was responsible for Liam almost killing well actually killing and then you know reviving Scott Mm -hmm. um and you know once again Theo saves him from being you know turned into Swiss cheese yep by pulling him into the elevator and they have their little moment of saying I'm not gonna die for you Mm -hmm. but I will fight for you which is is that the same thing not fight for you
0: but fight with you fight with you well what I think is so good about that scene is that one it really sets up the way that like Liam deals with people and things and reality so different from Scott. Liam does not fall on swords for people. No. Like, and he's not going to do that for Thea, who has saved him, but he, I don't think he sees that as transactional. It's not like, a, he's not like, well, you know, you saved me, so I owe you one. So when this comes about, I think it's so smart that he's like, yeah, I'm not just going to lay down and take anything for you. We have to work th- together to make this happen, you know?
1: Well, and Theo automatically is like, yeah, of course. Mm
0: -hmm. Because it's
1: kind of what he's been trying to do. Yeah. Like, I just think about the scene in 6A where he twice makes himself bait for the Ghost Riders so that Liam can get away. Yeah. You know, I think he's, he's more than willing to do that, as he's shown. And it's nice to have Liam, like, finally acknowledge that that's what they're doing Mm -hmm. and that it's reciprocal.
0: Sorry, there is a siren. It's just happening, you know? (laughs) I know. Well, it it was going pretty well and I was like, well, if we don't get a siren for the last, you know... (laughs) I would be bummed, but because you know it's it's part of the brand. That's our it's brand. Part of the ish. It's part of the living in Chicago. It's our podcast. It's our podcast. <laughs>
1: um, it's and again it's spicy. My one. God. gosh! Sometimes they like pass us by on the street that's like outside our street. Yeah, and, and then, then they go
0: right by our house, and that's yeah. those are the spiciest. Yeah. You know what's funny is um, I don't really notice them when we're not recording because I just get used to it. Okay, I heard you. (laughs) Um, But my coworkers are like, God, it's so annoying when you don't have your mute on when we're on Zoom because um, it sounds like this. (laughs) I have been in like work meetings before where I have been talking and I'll be like, Hey guys, you know what? Talk amongst yourselves. Do something else because I have (laughs) have to to mute right now. (laughs) Um, any whom? Oh, okay. So, so Theo and Liam. Oh, Oh, amazing. Maybe the siren reset you. Yeah. I hit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, uh, yeah, I will. It's interesting to me and this is where I start to align myself a little bit on your Theum truthing campaign. I don't know how, like, I cannot tell you that I find it to be particularly, like, um, reciprocal, but it does, it's demonstrated that Theo doesn't really try to get in with anybody else. And Liam does not have the power to send him back to the underworld.
1: So he's kind of stuck with him.
0: Yeah. But yeah. he's not, you know, Scott, what can I do for you? He's, like, showing up <laughs> for Liam. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, I'm, like, a casual theme
1: truther. Like, no. I'm I'm not riding into battle for them. But I, I do, you know, there's just, like, a, a moment. There are a couple moments when they're in the hospital. And you're, like, if this were a moment between, like, Liam and Hayden, if they, like, weren't together and they were still in that kind of, like, adversarial stage, like, they would have kissed. Like, Oh, I said that to you. Yeah. If
0: this had, if like, I can even see the setup of it being, like, kind of an edgy, mean girl being, like, I'm not dying for you mm-hmm. and, like, whoever this dude is being, like, yeah. If that were, like, a heteroship, they would have kissed. Yeah. Which is, you know... Which is (laughs) hilarious to try to be like Dean Wolf is, you know, suppressing gay representation when literally five seconds previous previous to that, we get Corey and Mason's I love you, which I Mm -hmm. loved. Let's talk about that. Oh, first of all, Corey really coming through on his usefulness. Okay, okay. I, it is not Corey's fault that he seems useless. The writers just write him away for full episodes. And I'm like... I'm not blaming him. Ins- no, I know. <laughs> but like, no, it's because it's kind of funny to be like, this guy is bad at his job. Mm-hmm. Of being super. Yeah. But like, Corey, I want so much more out of their relationship but sort of getting that moment, that sweet moment where we realized that we do so know that a lot of their relationship happens off screen, but we get to see their I love you, the first mm. one, was great.
1: It was so delightful. And one of the reasons I think it's kind of hard to dismiss Corey or to just be kind of like, meh, that guy, is that we love Mason, and Mason has a pretty good judge of people. So if he loves Corey, there must be a reason for us to love Corey as well. Um, and... You know, Mason kind of already walks around with the Scott McCall, I'm going to do everything I can to save my friend's attitude. And to see Corey like fully aligning himself with that must have been like a, wow, I really picked the right person moment, Mm -hmm.
0: which was just so, it's so lovely to watch. Mm -hmm. And I think they have great chemistry too. They
1: really do. And there was so little, like, yeah, there was a Scalia stuff, but like, there's not a lot of romance in this season. And so that was a nice, um, if there was any couple that was going to have a real moment in this episode, I, I'm glad it was them. I yeah, liked it.
0: I did too. A lot. And it, it also, like, that is another one of those things where it's like, we have seen Corey have to do so much work to end up where he is in this pack. Because for a really long time, he was not friends with Liam. No. Slash they still might just be coworkers, workers um, Which is okay. Laws, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> but like. Corey is now fully part of the pack and uh, he was a- at one point an enemy and then sort of a satellite member and like his love for Mason has sort of opened himself, like has opened him up to this greater world of like the love in the McCall pack. And I, I think that that's great. I agree hundred percent. And then I think the kind of last thing I want to touch on in the hospital is um, Gabe is shot. A uh, a hunter, is a bad shot and is trying to shoot Liam and he shoots Gabe and Gabe crawls over to a wall and is sitting there expecting Foley to just die Um, And and Gabe is somebody who we know prior to this season was like off screen friends with nolan Mm -hmm. and this very visibly upsets nolan you can kind of see it he doesn't really get anything to say i kind of wish we had heard from him yeah and this is set up um in his scene with in the tunnels with mason Mm -hmm. um this bit but uh you know mason tells theo he has to care um in order to take pain and he he looks at Gabe and sort of realizes like I think really takes stock of the carnage of this season of what's happening around him of what it took to get Gabe to this place and he sits down and he takes his pain as he dies I I think perhaps even Theo
1: sees a little bit of himself in Gabe or like I I think that's totally a good observation um because like yeah Theo is banal evil or whatever But he was also like raised and manipulated from a really young age by these psychopath robot doctors Mm -hmm. um, and has had to earn his place among decent people um, after kind of leaving that. And so to see Gabe, who was so horrifically corrupted um, and he's, you know, he's a teenager. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm sure that. Like, Theo has become a better person, and maybe he could have taken Gabe's pain without relating to him, but I do think that there's, like, a parallel to be made between the two of them.
0: I think that's true. And you know what? My only thing here, and this might be gilding the lily, you can tell me, Mm. is I think that the more sort of secular version of this is that Liam would sit down to take his pain because Gabe is the one who beats the shit out of him in the beginning of this season.
1: I think it would have worked either way. Because either way, it's somebody giving him forgiveness. Yeah. Um, which is kind of what's needed in that moment. Yeah. I, I like that it's Theo because that seems to me kind of like the cherry on top of like Theo's reformation. Yes. If you will. Um, It was it was a quiet moment. That actually is what I really liked about it. Yeah. It was I, quiet.
0: I liked it too. I thought it was good. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think maybe when I say gilding the lily, it's just that like Liam is the sort of... I Yes, it was set up, but Liam would be, have been the obvious choice, and mm-hmm. I'm happy it wasn't him. I would have been interested in that, seeing that, you know.
1: A rare situation where both scenarios would have yielded something good.
0: Although, you know what's interesting? Had it been Liam, I wouldn't have thought about it being Theo. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even think I would have really taken into consideration the the Theo might have done that. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Well, I mean, it's it set up again a little bit, but, like, I would have been like, okay. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Um Yeah. And then obviously sort of Gabe is now back on the side of the light. Nolan? Nolan is now back on the side of the light and, and helps them, but I I find his uh redemption lacking. <laughs> there is just not enough
1: time in this singular episode to redeem him for how evil he was yeah and it's not like he has to go on living with what he did like Gabe pays the ultimate price of having gone through that indoctrination like he's dying he doesn't have a chance to redeem himself but Nolan gets to go on and we don't really get a moment of that like yeah great he and Liam decide to be co-captains together cool
0: yeah I was a little bit like okay we forgave everybody really fast and I'm not really fast and here's the thing like Bury the hatchet, but please remember where. For this stuff, remember where.
1: <laughs> he did try to kill you. Yeah, and he tried to help other people kill, kill you. you. So, so. Mm.
0: Mm. And I am, I am one hundred percent not a grudge holder. I am on this podcast, a open non grudge holder because I just don't think that they're a helpful way to live your life. Mm-hmm. But you should be wary. Of people who can be corrupted like that.
1: Well, you know, it's it's a forgive a hundred percent,
0: forget. I don't know. Mm, uh, yeah, that seems reckless. Yeah, on your part in, in this situation for sure. <laughs> so I think that about wraps up our conversation on relationships and love and friendship in, in this episode, um, an insane thing uh, to think. But we still have to do Q's and O's. For the last... No, not for the last time. No. Well, we have our big... This is a good time to talk about this. So for our final wrap-up episode of the whole podcast, we're going to be doing listener Q&Os. Mm-hmm. So I know we already had a bunch of people on Facebook tell tell us what they wanted us to talk about. We had some people on Twitter. If you want, if you have a question or an observation you want to share, DM us on Twitter, Instagram, or post in the Facebook group. Or tweet at us, and we'll, yeah. we'll share it. We will collect and yes. discuss. And if you don't want us to say, like, we'll just, I mean, it's not ever we're going to be dishing out, like, last names, but if you don't want us to say your name at all, tell us that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so we're moving to Q's and Nose. Julia, do you have a question or questions? Not really. Oh, really? Actually. Oh, you want to hear something crazy? Do you have a question? I have two. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Please share. One this is a question for the whole season, but I'm really interested in your take. Mm. Why is the only reaction to fear we see in this entire season, um, fight? Like we never, we don't see flight or, you know, freeze. Um, I think that that is one, not a great encapsulation of like human nature or like the human condition or whatever. Not that Teen Wolf has to be the great Mm. encapsulation (laughs) of the human condition. Sometimes it kind of gets there. Um, but, like, the idea that everybody can be radicalized. And, like, they're like, well, you know, some of these people never wanted to use guns at all. I want to see, like, a mass exodus from Beacon Hills of people who are just leaving because that's their natural response to fear. I feel like it's kind of reductive that we don't see that, right?
1: I agree. Um, I mean, if you're asking, like, genuinely why, I do think it's just a matter of convenience. Like... <laughs> yeah, I've seen <laughs> the show. I agree with that. <laughs> they have 10 episodes that they... And, and this is one of my biggest issues with season six is that they don't... Is, B, 6B, is that they don't manage their time very well. Not at all. Like, ten episodes doesn't seem like a lot, but you can accomplish many, many things if you're not just repeating yourself over and over again, which is what a lot of the season felt like. So, convenience, for sure. Um, but also you know, I I think we would be much less likely to see those other kinds of responses. And I think there was actually an opportunity, um, to maybe explore that in the form of my favorite recurring background character, Sydney. I love Sydney. I love her so much. Um, but like she ends up at Monroe's little torture rally, um, and is like the one to carry Ethan out. And she's kind of looking like she might, you know, try to help him mm-hmm. because Sydney doesn't seem like the kind of person who in any circumstance, no matter how scared she was, would freeze or, or would fight. Um, and so I, I think I've, I've heard of another kind of response, which is fawn. Mm-hmm. So to just kind of like acquiesce to what's going on so that you're like swept up as part of the group. So I think that's kind of what Sydney's doing. But I think we're just far less likely to see people fleeing or, I think also maybe people were trying to, but they got coerced, yeah, into staying. Um, I don't know. Like it is fear, but then it's also panic, and I think that people react a lot more like physically to panic than just like you know fear. Maybe there's maybe that's just semantics. I don't know. I,
0: that sounds like semantics. I don't want to um, get into that argument. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know, but okay. it, it, it's it's silly.
0: Yes other question where's Brayden and also like I thought it was interesting to see Jennifer because they were a little bit like shut up and play the hits and I was like okay this suggests to me that Derek had a relation Derek's opinion of that relationship is different from what I thought it was is that retconning or is it an interesting addition to the story I don't know I'm not gonna try to sit here and figure that out (laughs) but uh, it's uh, like I would have been interested to see Brayden and as the person he hallucinates if she's not going to be in the story otherwise because where is she
1: where is she? She's so badass and helpful and her and Derek really seem to be getting along, but she's not in like any of the other stuff. Like he doesn't even mention her when he's in Brazil. Like she's not running in the woods with him
0: in North Carolina. <laughs> no. Although, you know what I just thought of? Hmm. She could have been such an amazing part of this series. It Because she's a Merc, like Gerard could have hired her and they could have had a girl on the inside. How good would that have been? That would have been amazing. And then you could have had, like, actual scenes with her and Monroe, you know? That might have been actually an interesting take. That might have been really interesting. Dropped the ball. Wasted potential. Like I I said this to you earlier, uh, the Teen Wolf writer should hire me to give three ideas and say no five times for the movie. I will give you three ideas and I will say no five times for bad ideas. And that's it. You don't even have to give me a writer's credit. You don't even have to pay me. I'll do it for free.
1: I think most fantasy shows in general could use a person that does that Mm -hmm. because nine times out of ten if I end up not liking something that has supernatural elements or like fantasy elements it's because there's like 20 pounds of shit in a five pound bag Mm -hmm. and I'm just like someone
0: needed to tell you to take 15 pounds out yeah Anyway, uh, I'm I'm an ideas girl, you know? I'm yeah. here. I'm here. Um, yeah, my question was just like, I would where was she? I would have loved even an explanation, like maybe she's off somewhere else dealing with this because we know it's technically a global problem. Not that they manifest that in any, you know, smart way, but whatever. Do you want to move into observations? Let's do it. Tell us tell us an observation, Julia. Um
1: <laughs> When Derek and Stiles show up. And they do their little thing. It's
0: so dumb.
1: Holy shit. The frog leap, because that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Um, Derek jumps 10 feet in the air, doing like literally just bends his knees a tiny little bit and then bounces up, like practicing for his role, uh, upcoming role as Clark Kent slash Superman, I guess.
0: Okay, can I just say um, that brought me back to Teen Wolf running on all fours days. (laughs)
1: oh my god do you know those people who like uh can jump like on, horses jump on all, yeah. On all yeah
0: crazy i think about i am them a horse the girl but i'm also like how do you get to that point in your life right <laughs> your back must hurt so bad yeah
1: just but like you probably have incredible
0: you. arm strength
1: yes it's like people who wheelbarrow who can do a wheelbarrow yeah um yeah i just i think about the girls jumping like horses a lot yeah um yeah it's a really ridiculous Little I little moment. I
0: thought that moment where Styles pulls up in the Jeep and and Derek is like, "Oh, we're you know, without us or whatever the hell he said. Yeah, I was like, that <laughs> is so incredibly cheesy. I was like I experienced secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, involved. I can't believe Tyler Hoechlin had to say that.
1: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> there were actually, like, a couple of lines that felt particularly egregious to me. Cri- in this I mean, episode. I know we said that we are cringe, but this was kind of cringe. <laughs> um, you know, part of, an important part of being cringe is being self-aware. <laughs> yeah. Um, one other thing about, um, Derek, just because he's around, um, he and Scott do not get as good of a moment as I wanted them to, but there is a moment where Scott gets to hug him. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the things that I'm bummed out about because they spent a long time developing the relationship between Scott and Derek and it turned into kind of like, I don't know who you are. What do you want from me? Oh, he's a bad guy. Like just this whole transition into like Derek is somebody that I love and trust. Mm -hmm. And then he just leaves. Yeah. And we don't, text or call him ever again so it was nice to see their little moment of acknowledgement that they that they love each other um I really enjoyed that yeah little moment Mm -hmm. um I why is Melissa walking that's a question but like Melissa was literally um you know recovering from major surgery like a day ago from having been shot this
0: (laughs) season has no concept of time
1: Maybe I don't have a concept of time. I spent Oh, a- and Raphael is also fine. Yeah. He's he was airlifted he out to a different hospital, but he's okay, dressed in suit. I, I did think it was funny
0: <laughs> that he was supposedly coming back to like help the efforts and was like, well, hold on, I gotta put on my Brooks brothers. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's coming back to help the efforts. Alone? Again. Alone? <laughs> Gerard has armed an entire town. The National Guard would be there in zero seconds. Even if. It would be world news 10 times over if an entire town in California was forming a militia.
1: Even if, and we want to be like super generous, that like Raphael just hadn't had the time to tell people, the second he became conscious recovering from the gunshot wound that was so bad he had to be airlifted to another hospital. He would shoot a
0: text to the
1: president. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why was he there? Not, I'm not complaining. I love seeing him, but, like... Yeah. Girlie, what's happening?
0: He would actually send a text to, like, an aide of somebody who knows an aide of the president. Yeah. It would go through, like, several different government channels and, like... Lots of... Wow, that's fucking crazy. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I... I didn't love the moment when Malia kisses Scott. I didn't like get, it either.
0: It felt... that it's Talk about gilding the lily.
1: Gilding the lily... I do think that it could have been kind of an interesting concept, especially because Jennifer reappeared, um, that like perhaps intimacy is something that like helps werewolves with healing, but we've never discussed that. That would have been
0: a really (laughs) very fun and sexy thing to somehow put in this show. Um, Especially in a show that is already fun and sexy. Well, the annoying thing to me is that, not annoying, it's a callback to the panic attack. Yes, it is. Lydia says like, oh, kiss him. It'll help him concentrate. Uh, I don't know. I feel like when I can't concentrate and I'm in a lot of pain, when somebody touches me, I'm like, that made it so much worse. Regardless of the intention of the touch.
1: Maybe it's a situation where it's like, if you stop thinking about it, you'll be
0: able to do it. And like. I think that's, I think that's the intention. Yeah. I just think that it was, a, again, this whole episode is callbacks. And I was like, that is actually not the callback I would have wanted. If anything, I would have been like, Derek, bend down and break his arm.
1: Somebody break his arm. Yeah. I You know. And I, I love the Scott Malia relationship and we'll talk about that in, in a minute, but mm-hmm. like, um, I wish that she had been able to find her own way to get Scott to do Malia, Malia break his to arm. Malia, yeah. She, and she totally would. Um, because they are like really good together and they do know each other pretty well. So mm-hmm. like she would have been able to figure that out. I, yeah. I and yeah. that it was kind of weird. Those are my observations. What would you, what would you care to share?
0: Okay, like, the first part of this is, like, shot like a superhero movie. Oh, it's so tonally off. It's so whack, but there's, like, this sunset as Alec is running through what appears to be, like, a shitty neighborhood adjacent to downtown L.A. Yeah. Oh,
1: mm, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Anyway, um, but there's... Just, it's The sun is setting, and it's beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yes. Absolutely lovely. Um, so I just thought it was pretty. Um, hmm. Oh, okay. When... Melissa wakes up Nolan. Last we saw Nolan, he was being beat into a pulp by Gabe. Like Mm -hmm. spitting, leaking blood, snot, like left on the floor. Possibly
1: some cracked ribs, internal bleeding, like Melissa picks him up and
0: he is bleeding from a tiny cut in his hairline. Which
1: is crazy because any head wound bleeds
0: a lot. Any head wound bleeds a lot. He even if she was cleaning actually had you know had time to clean off the blood one blood stains two he would be in bruised and just like entirely
1: purple and very puffy yes yeah i
0: was like okay that's
1: where we draw the line really okay um teen wolf is disgusting i don't know if anyone remembers the world's
0: stickiest sex scene but like uh yeah i guess we'll talk about that <laughs> um yeah i thought that was weird um okay oh i just oh mm it was great to see the Nogetsune. Yes. Well, I also, and I'll I'll bring this up, it brought to great attention how weak of a villain the Anukite is. Obviously, the Anukite is a passive villain. Mm-hmm. It You know, it lets other people do its work for it. Or him? Them? Them. 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 They. <laughs> I don't know. Diversity loss. The Anukite <laughs> is a they, them. Um, but... When we saw, like, one, it is great to see Dylan O'Brien play Void Styles. Mm -hmm. It was great to see the um, uh, Nugetsune again. And it also, I think in terms of our theme, really wraps back to the way that Scott sees himself as being responsible for his friends. And that feels like one of his greatest failures. Because we see other villains. We see, Mm -hmm. like, the, the Berserker, but that is, like the great and he and the Allison thing too it it one was great to see the Nogutsune because it's a great villain so good great character design and then it was an interesting way of being like and this will weigh on Scott you know mm-hmm. and this, these are the ways it does.
1: I totally agree and I, I think especially the design like watching the Nogutsune wrap his fingers around one of the bookcases and you just see how disgusting those um wraps are or like the outline of the berserker and you can hear all of the bones clicking like it's it's just so it, i forgot how good the sound design was in season four
0: it's really um tactile mm-hmm. and that is something that the anuka tape lacks yes completely yeah um yeah i thought that was great oh the the clawing your eyes out metal it's metal clawing you know your eyes being clawed out or clawing your eyes out is like goes back to the ancient times Mm -hmm. of like literary themes yeah um and i thought that this was a really interesting play on that especially because normally like symbolically like clawing your eyes out is like an admission of like great failure or guilt or Mm -hmm. like shame or grief yeah and that this is sort of his way of taking power is Mm -hmm. like uh sort of flips that trope on its head a little bit and i think that's interesting
1: it takes away his fear yeah. Which is amazing.
0: Yeah. It was really cool. I really liked it. mm mm-hmm. um, It was very squishy, which, important. Yeah, I thought that was great. I think, well, ugh, it feels like the whole episode was building itself around that, like, 15 seconds, but I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's fine. Oh, my last thing is just that uh, when Coach saves Jackson and Ethan, and he's like, now it's over. Like, yeah, Coach. But even better when he's like, I am a good coach.
1: That, yes, he that is. That made my,
0: like, uh, my heart strings were tugged because I was like... For everything we know about Coach, an erratic weirdo, he has always been like I take people's best interests in mind in mm-hmm. a you know his own sort of backwards way. He really has. I and take he, care
1: of my boys. Yeah, he does. That's his
0: thing. Yep. Except for Jared and Greenberg, but Greenberg's imaginary, and Jared I think only does cross country. So and they had it coming. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I loved that <laughs> I, I loved that. I thought it was great. And it was a great, it was a great farewell. And also just like, like Orny Adams is hyper compelling in a way that kind of grosses you out sometimes, <laughs> but like you can't take your eyes off him. And it was great to see him again at the end.
1: He is never unwelcome.
0: Yeah. In, in a scene.
1: Uh, I am always thrilled to see him. Yes. Always. Um,
0: do you want to give us our back stats?
1: Okay. I count off the charts oh yeah so many i did not count the anukate eyes because they're always glowing mm-hmm. but and i may have missed some we were up to 15 eyes wow which i think is the most yeah. ever um four
0: claws yeah we had some good claws too a very mm-hmm. good Derek claw yes with a full fishing and everything
1: fishing um okay major flaw this episode absolutely nobody was naked
0: i yeah come on not even a little not even a little i don't know when you do it but scott wakes up in the motel room and he's wearing a tank top yeah just let him wear not a shirt they find ethan like on the floor he could be not wearing a shirt at that point
1: jackson could be not wearing a shirt yeah literally anybody could be not wearing a shirt whatever give us (laughs) one
0: last naked hurrah teen wolf yes
1: um there's a Sneaky little Nike ad mm-hmm. at the end, and I am gonna count the sirens thus far as two. Cool, yeah, that's
0: fine. We will we'll check back in at the end of the episode because mm-hmm. we still have to do some some, some um Who is your alpha of the week? It's Scott. It's Scott McCall. It's of course Scott it McCall. Is. Yeah, he
1: did the damn thing. He sure did, and he is continuing on his path of saving people although not becoming a vet sad
0: (laughs) yeah I really I would have liked the vet thing let Scott go to college yeah so I mean like he was struggling in school so bad at the beginning of this season it would really make me happy if he made it to college
1: yeah Buffy got to go to college did she yeah that's great there are like seasons of Buffy at college oh a whole thing that's awesome yeah yeah not that I wanted a whole
0: season of Teen Wolf at college but like no just let him go yeah I agree. I agree. Okay. So. So. We are now going to be moving into our season wrap-up. Our c- series wrap-up is next week. We're just going to be talking about 6B. We're going to be doing the whole regular degular breakdown. What works. What doesn't. What we're going to miss. And what we're looking forward to in Teen Wolves' future. Yes, would you like to
1: start us off on what you think works about season 6B of Teen Wolf?
0: Um, Yeah. Um, I, you know what? Hmm. I think Scalia works. We were a little bit like, oh god, I don't think this is as good as I remembered. Mm -hmm. But by the time they actually get together, you're like, yeah. It makes total sense. They tried kind of at the beginning to make it a little bit too cerebral, but they're both like, physical kinesthetic people. So by the time that they were sort of pushed together, it was like, yeah, yeah, this works. And it's all it, it, I think maybe like some seeds are sown in six, a maybe, maybe even a little bit at the end of five, Mm. but I think it's fun. And I, I, I'm a little bit like, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that Scott, um, has somebody like Malia, who really understands like where he's coming from on a lot of different levels and who he can really relate to um and all of his other relationships have ended in real tragedy Mm -hmm. so um it's nice it feels just kind of like fun and like they really fit together so nicely yeah um and i i love shelly hennig so i love watching them together
0: yeah i think shelly hennig is great she's has great timing and Mm -hmm. I think that her repartee with, uh, Tyler Posey is, is fun to watch.
1: Yeah. And like the whole, the whole thing in last episode where they both go to Deucalion to learn how to fight blind together because she's not going to let Scott do that by himself. Like I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was great.
0: Oh, Deucalion works about this season. Deucalion rest in peace. King. Um, that didn't work. We, but we covered that last episode.
1: Um, I, Love a good reformed villain and not in the way that like we tolerate Peter.
0: Um, Tolerate? (laughs) You mean
1: actively look forward to seeing him? The characters tolerate Peter. Uh We are active Peter cheerleaders. (laughs) Yeah.
0: We're like, yeah, do something evil. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! All
1: right. All right. Um, But Deucalion really is like, I'm concerned with my immortal soul. And like, that is compelling. I wish there had been a little bit more of him. Mm-hmm. in this season um and also because like of all of the alphas that scott has ever known deucalion is one person who can really teach him about like strategy and um elements of like being an alpha that he maybe not didn't consider and like he clearly has that knowledge of how to fight blind yeah
0: well you know what deucalion has over all of the other alphas we see in this season mm-hmm the understanding of how to run a pack. Yeah. Because Derek is a bad alpha, <laughs> and Peter is a self-serving asshole. That's true. And we really don't get a lot. You know, we don't... We see Satomi. We do not get to see her interact with her pack, which mm-hmm. frustrates me because I want to know.
1: I want to know. I want to know. The Buddhist werewolves? I want to know. Let
0: Let me know about them. Let
1: me see it. Yeah. Let me see their rock balancing classes. I'd like, Yeah. Let me see it. On.
0: I want to look. Yeah. Anyway. Um... <laughs> But yeah, Deucalion has like skills that other alphas literally can't impart on Scott because they don't have them, the other people in Scott's life. And that the way that he has decided that the remainder of his days aren't going to be like, you know, he's not like, I repent, but he's like, I will not do any more bad. Mm -hmm. And he's choosing to do good by giving the power to do good to somebody else who really has the capacity to do it is great it's so smart
1: it's wonderful it is such an excellent continuation of the part that he played in season five which let me tell you i completely forgot that he played any part in season five. i did not
0: remember that either but i do have a trauma <laughs> response to season five that i actually now that we've watched it have no idea what it's about so
1: um i remember you know what is weird when we rewatched season five i was like i remember the dread doctors making a lot of like underwater scuba noises <laughs> that didn't actually happen i like, feel like they make scuba noises but it's like it's when the they're in in the lab with like they do the breathing but i remember hearing a lot of like bubbling and water that just like doesn't exist like
0: reverse old timey scuba diving yeah. like you know the metal head but yes. now the water's inside like and a
1: fishbowl pretty much yeah. um and it's really only just the you know nazi werewolf mm-hmm. that's the bubbling but i i just imagined it in the entire series yeah <laughs> all right
0: i guess not okay what else works about this season
1: um you know speaking of the dread doctors very obliquely um i thought the aesthetics of this season were pretty good
0: i'm i hit and i miss i think that the anukite is probably the worst designed villain which is really frustrating
1: bad character design but what i did like about actually here's no i liked the faceless the bodies cre- the faceless body yeah that, i like those too Because that corner.
0: is like disgust- that's like good teen wolf body horror that
1: that like you look at that and you're like ick yeah I don't like that yeah I
0: can't well yeah seeing a creature without a face is like the whole slender man thing mm-hmm. <laughs> slender man. <laughs> well that's kind of what the, like prior to the Anukate joining that's kind of what it's like right yeah, no
1: and I I really like that I
0: really um
1: I really like the couple of moments um like the scene in the tunnel where they're trying to reason with Monroe and they realize that the Anukate is there and the camera work goes kind of wobbly and things come in and out of focus and it's um, just really out of whack. And so you're feeling like that physical effects, even though you're not there, like you're seeing how it's physically affecting everyone. And I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the faceless Inukate way better than the purpley. Is it, is it because he's red and purple and that's just really weird? I
0: don't. Well, he looks like a video game character, but one that would only look scary in like 8-bit.
1: Um yes, and also again not wearing a
0: hoodie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they should have given him like a Voldemort-typey cloak or something. Uh, yeah, let it let it Or, us... you know what? Walk around naked. It's Teen Wolf, who cares? It is Teen Wolf. Nobody cares. Yeah. You, you
1: can borrow some of the flame retardant shorts. Yes.
0: <laughs> um okay, here's something that I think conceptually works about the season, but fundamentally it doesn't in execution. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of like the villain, or like the the basically the you know main challenge being other people, you know, hell is other the, people. Yeah, the fact that it internalizes, the fact that instead of it creating a, a, a one person creating a conflict, it is a conflict that could has always kind of been there, like turning in on itself, and that being the major thing because it decentralizes, you know, the the villainy. I mean, except for Gerard and Monroe. I think that there's really something there. I don't think that it came there, but I want to give props to the, to the risk. I think it was a huge risk to not have just like a monster.
1: Yeah. I would agree. I think part of why, you know, we got so frustrated with season five and then like with season six B is like there is something there. Mm -hmm. there is something like you guys are trying to do something that I find very interesting and you have constructed it in such a way that like it can't reach its full potential
0: yeah
1: um a bummer
0: yeah that's really all I could like (laughs) the only word that I can think of is just it's a bummer Yeah, somebody needs my no 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 yes 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 for to hire me for my, for mm-hmm. that purpose, and I'll get you there, my friends. So it's uh, the only thing on your business cards. Is no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 yes, 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 and yes. then your phone number. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um Oh, okay. Back on on aesthetics. I thought I liked some of this. I liked the sound specifically when the enucleate is affecting people. The sound design. Mm-hmm. This season took some interesting um divergence from the Teen Wolf lighting aesthetic. You know, like, in any other season, if they're fighting in the hospital, the floodlights flood, flood would turn on, and it would be they'd be fighting in the dark. But mm-hmm. instead, we have this whole scene in this episode where the lights are just flickering back and forth, mm-hmm. and it sort of, like, um, you know, makes the the light sort of hit people from behind and then right on, and it sort of um, warps the way that you see people. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, like, I think that there's, okay, in Zodiac... Um, there's like a murder that happens in broad daylight Mm -hmm. and absolutely nothing is done to stop it from being happening in broad daylight and you have to watch it and it's far more upsetting than seeing things happen in the dark where you can sort of like close your brain off to it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there's so much more light and so much more playing with light in this season, I think makes some of the violence a lot more affecting. I think we see that in that fight scene with where um, Gabe and Nolan beat Liam up. Mhm. You can't look away from that because it's not dark. It's broad daylight in the school. Yeah. And
1: and that's part of what makes it so extra upsetting. I already hate when people get kicked. That's like my number one um hate seeing that in a fight. Uh-huh. But um it's like so much more horrific. Yeah. Because everybody's watching them and it is daytime.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. This site the sirens man. Something's happening. Um, okay. You know what? We looped back around. We were like, I don't know if Kate belongs here. We both looped back around and we're like, yeah, Kate's great. Kate was a great part of the season. She's um, only here for two episodes. That's great.
1: And she is great because she gets to kill Gerard, which we talked about, but I just want to like punch it again. Loved it. I wanted to see it on screen though. I did as well. Kind of a bummer to just hear him screaming. Um, or like at least a little blood spatter.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Cause she's ripping him to shreds. Well, I also, what I would have loved to have seen is a callback to Peter killing Kate. I would have loved just a a front-facing Chris watches claws around the neck scrape. Yeah. I think that would have been great. Um, But she does kill him. So. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Theo and Liam? They are a great part of the season. They're a great
1: part of the season. I love whenever Theo shows up. I know I'm gonna have a good time yeah they had to bring him back in 6a it would have felt weird if they had didn't use him in this season Mm -hmm. um and I think it it speaks well of Cody Christian and also the way that like he and Dylan Sprayberry interact together
0: oh they have great chemistry they
1: really do and whether you're a truther or not (laughs) um I I think it's so fun to watch them and you know part of that I think is that like Theo does kind of recognize a little bit of himself in Liam as well and not just Gabe because like Liam and we kind of come back to this in this um season that Liam has these crazy anger issues yeah um and like probably could be pushed into a situation where he did kill somebody um and Theo is kind of always looking on with cool amusement like well we're not gonna let it get that far but it's kind of funny Mm -hmm. to watch what's happening right now and I just love their dynamic I do too
0: yeah it's It's so fun well I think it is so interesting that as like Liam is so hyper affected by the Anukate Mm -hmm. that the sort of person keeping him you know from absolutely losing it is somebody with the loosest moral compass in the show with like the most things he probably has to make up for behind like Gerard and Monroe in this season mm-hmm. and I think that that is really it's so much smarter than having Scott being like you're better than this you know Yeah, it feels so much more human and like naturalistic than like Scott the altruist coming out being like we don't do that Liam's like no Theo is like it's not we don't do that Of course, because you know anybody can do anything at any time he's like you don't want to do that mm-hmm. which is yeah I think they have a great Um, A sort of great understanding of each other, definitely more Theo understanding Liam as he did spend a full season manipulating him. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's, it's really fun to watch. I hope they're both in the movie. I
1: would be very sad if they were not.
0: Oh, I, I mean don't know. But Cody like, Christian's on a show. Very busy. Yeah. He's it seems like. So I feel like being on a CW show just makes you very busy. Twenty three episodes is a lot.
1: Dude, I think it's on its like its third or fourth season right now, yeah. which is nuts. I feel we, like it just happened. We've
0: had people reach out talking about liking All American. At this point, I'm like, I've seen Friday Night Lights. It's a football show. But maybe prove me wrong. Maybe I'll watch it.
1: I mean, if there's one thing that Americans love, it's a football show.
0: Yeah, but like we have like the one you know <laughs> okay let's let's talk about what doesn't work
1: i feel like we don't need to spend that much time on it because we have
0: said a lot already about our frustrations and now we're going to spend a lot of time about it what doesn't work <laughs> um
1: i um it's
0: really really tonally off Whack for pretty much the entire season. Um, it's not even like one episode or like an episode or two feel out of place. None of the episodes have organic like control over the tone. Like when Styles shows up and starts making up making all these jokes about his toe, it's like, I'm sorry, it's go time, dude. Make those jokes faster, do it in a way where it like sneaks in in an organic way. It feels very very incongruous.
1: Yeah, I I think it, it kind of goes hand in hand with one of the other things that doesn't really work about the season is that um, a, a lot of people seem to be acting a little bit out of character or just kind of not with it.
0: Everybody seems so out of it. The writing is all over the place and all of these people are like, finding out stuff way too late that they should have known forever ago. I said to you, does nobody text anybody on this show? It's crazy to me that none of you guys are sharing information, which is something that we know that they do from previous seasons. Mm-hmm. Where everybody can be in on the great big plot, but like nobody is communicating in any kind of effective way.
1: It is so bizarre. And I think, unfortunately, the finale had some of the most egregious examples of how sloppy that is. Like yeah. the scene in the vet clinic where they're talking about the Anukate is they are just talking in circles for like a good two minutes, repeating the same thing over and over again. And I feel like we learned about, you know, the Anukate causing fear every fucking episode.
0: Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I cannot get over how much that was reiterated to me. And here I was being like, can somebody explain the motive of the Dread Doctors to me? Because they never did it. And then they just beat me over the head with a dead fish over like the Anukate causing fear.
1: They were like, so people had some complaints about season
0: five. So here's how we're going to fix it. Also, the most annoying thing about that scene in the vet's office is that they are explaining this concept to one of the smartest, like one of the smartest people in the show and the other most knowledgeable about the supernatural in the show. So all Scott would have to be like, it. it it's called the Anukate. And Derek would be like, the Anukate causes fear. And Styles is like, what do you mean fear? Like it makes people afraid of it. And it's like, no, it makes people afraid of each other. I solved that scene in one second. Well,
1: not only that, but Derek is coming to Scott after having talked to Chris who told him about the Anukate. It should not have had to be that conversation. Yes,
0: what the hell and that is not the only one everything seems to be like it's funny how we're like everything is being jammed in at the finale but it's all stuff that wasn't put in earlier because the episodes have all of these like long ranty like expository like bullshit details that like as seasoned teen wolf watchers we can do without it is so much telling and not
1: showing yeah and as as listeners will know we hate that um it's lazy. Yeah. Is what it is. Um especially for characters that we like love and want to see succeed and saw succeed in 6A. It is just like so crazy in comparison.
0: I I agree. Um on the another note of the writing being sloppy. And this is something that we actually got in an email recently about how the timelines make no sense. There is literally n- I have no idea how long it has been since they were supposed to go to college and now they're here. I don't know how long Stiles has been away. I don't, how the hell does Derek make it from South America to North Carolina, but also he was in North Carolina previous and then went to South, South America. I don't know how Chris makes it back from South America in time. And I certainly don't understand how everybody just healed from their bullet wounds.
1: Yeah. The bullet wound thing is like particularly egregious. Um, I also like the whole timeline with Monroe. Um correct me if I'm wrong and I might be, but like I think that there's a gap of time between the end of season 5 and the beginning of season 6A. Yes. Right? Yep. So there's that gap of time and then 6A takes place over a couple of weeks. Mhm. I Maybe mean, like two two weeks. I know I'm sure it happens pretty quickly, but like that is a lot of time in between like for Monroe to have been like so horrifically maimed and she's like still following up on that and like, you know, plotting her revenge months. I don't know. I would forget. I'd be like, I would move on. <laughs> well, I, w- I wouldn't
0: forget. No, but I, I would have moved on at that point. I probably, I don't even know if I would have moved on. I probably would have been gaslit by a therapist into being like, you're right. There's no such thing as a supernatural. Everything is okay. Yeah. Um. I don't know that I would be doing good, but I certainly wouldn't be starting a hate group and murdering teenagers. So. Okay. Well then let's, let's talk about yeah. it. Ugh. The politics of this season are fundamentally so wishy-washy. And I think that at the time, it probably felt like they were making such a statement about what it felt like to be, you know, on the side of good, faced against all of, you know, the right-winged weirdos, which sometimes it still feels like that. Mm -hmm. I get it. I live in this country. (laughs) But if you can't do anything to actually examine what brings people to that place in their life, if we don't really know anything about Monroe other than she had one bad experience, you can't make any good argument either way.
1: Yeah. It's frustrating because not only... like We have Monroe, and then to introduce Gerard... I think, mm-hmm. and this is speculation on my part, of course, but I think the writers perhaps wanted to come back to um, the ethical questions that were being raised when hunters were a really big part of the show, where Gerard just like doesn't give a shit about killing 16-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And that's like a huge source of conflict between him and Chris. And really, the only way from my perspective that you become the person who doesn't care about killing 16 year olds is if you have been a part of that for years Mm -hmm. that over years you have had these horrific experiences that have brought you to such um extreme places and so it makes sense for Gerard to think that way and it makes sense perhaps for hunters he's worked with for a long time to feel that way but to throw Monroe who just learned about the supernatural into it Mm -hmm. um and have her make a whole bunch of assumptions. And, like, there are a lot of kids who kind of, like, Sydney. I think, and I don't think this is a stretch to say, like, sees Scott and just kind of assumes that he's, like, doing the good thing. Yeah. Um, so, like, to have Monroe go completely so far... To the side of we can kill teenagers. That really
0: is what sticks in my mind from the beginning of the season. Well, I think think it lacks any sense of nuance in any one direction. Yeah, And it's fine if you just want to be like they're bad. But then the best way to do that is to actually omit the character of Monroe anyway. Or have her play less a, a completely different role. I think if you just have Gerard come back, realize what the Inukite is doing, and take it to his advantage, and then sort of like take... Monroe under his wing and then like radicalize her in the way we watched him do to Allison Mm -hmm. that would have been fascinating but her coming into the season being like I'm a fascist is insane and also not entirely like I know we keep complaining about how it doesn't exist in the real world but does Beacon Hills have a mayor (laughs) because I actually if you want to say that this entire town is falling like you know victim to fascism you actually have to show me how that's happening structurally Mm -hmm. for me to find any kind of relevance or like believability in here because if it's just a bunch of people with guns again the fbi is going to show up you have to like really show me not just at the sheriff's station because the sheriffs are not the only police in any one given place they're like what are you talking about like they have surrounding towns um there's like county police and city police police, city police (laughs) state police they're all different like that is you you have to actually invest in building a world that feels realistic to me so I can sit here and be like yes that is a really good examination of how fascism can overtake a place then we can talk about whether or not you're allowed to make comparisons to the holocaust teen wolf because I still find that incredibly tasteless
1: it is nuts that there are zero politician characters in this season or even in Teen Wolf in general. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess their sheriff is an elected position, but... Um, but what? no,
1: like a, a town councilman or a mayor, as you say, um, that is nuts. And... I
0: the- mean, it's fine if Teen Wolf doesn't extend itself to have an, an insane amount of world building because we sort of just have these ideas of Beacon Hills being like three places, the high school, the hospital, and like... Various tunnel systems. But if you want to invest and investigate the real world, you should have made a real world. You didn't. And
1: if you're going to invoke the FBI, you're going to invoke, oh, Derek's in South America, you're going to invoke, oh, there are nematons all over the world. You are creating this problem for yourself because you have made the world too broad. And you don't have time to examine all
0: of that. No. Yeah. They, they back themselves into a corner and it's kind of embarrassing.
1: (laughs) A little. Well, and then that's the thing where it's like you, you wasted so much time just repeating yourself over and over again and whatever, when you could have actually been using that to build this problem. And, and if you wanted to do that, it needed to be the season that came directly after five and you needed to lay the groundwork in those 20 episodes.
0: Yeah. Oh, yep, totally.
1: Because if we want to say that this idea is interesting, and I think it is, and I agree, um, I think that the only way to do that would have been to build it into previous seasons, which we have seen them do successfully. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy that they didn't, that they were like, hey, um, so this idea that we had that would have worked great after season five, but we just like, we didn't do it. Can we do it now? Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to speculate like where the idea came from, but it just doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah. Structurally. Um, not at all. Um, okay. Characterization. Scott is a like piece of cardboard this whole season.
1: It seems to me that the writers seem uninterested in him as a character, which is such a shame.
0: Yeah. Because you sort of developed like an ubermensch who we were all supposed to be like this is, you know, the king of the of the teen wolves. Mm-hmm. I mean Dylan O'Brien is the Teen Wolf King. But And then you sort of, you know, you have this one season of conflict and then you sort of just are like, uh, yeah, we don't know what to do with him now. We'll just revert to like factory settings. Yeah, it's so frustrating. And like, you
1: know, as as great as it is that Kate kills Gerard, like Scott still has never had to take a life
0: and actually it's frustrating to me that that never came to fruition after it being such a big part of the conversation surrounding his character. Mm-hmm. I either need to see I needed to watch him choose to take a life or choose not to and you like basically, you know, we need out of doing that.
1: Yeah. It it, it is so <sighs> you you poured all of this time and development into a character that you didn't want to continue yeah exploring like is that uninteresting and I actually don't think it is I think that like the potential moral dilemmas that Scott faces as an alpha and as like a a growing adult man Mm -hmm. would be so interesting to actually delve into um Even though, like, you know, his pack is kind of like loosey goosey. They're like doing their own thing. He's kind of like a cool dad. Mm -hmm. Um, He's always being put in these situations where he like has to make these crazy decisions. And the show just gives him outs every time, which is not compelling.
0: No, it's really boring and also doesn't make Scott grow in any one way. And I think you said this to me the other day. There is nobody in this season who is set up to challenge Scott. Deucalion is basically on his side Peter's basically on his side Chris is on his side uh we don't have styles um his dad's not around Liam is off doing whatever yeah like with you know Theo like they're having a sort of their whole they just have a side adventure the whole season which is fine loved and we, it and but are moments with 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 th- with Theo and Liam nope with, or no I just meant Liam but I couldn't okay. stop myself from saying Theo um <laughs> are still just Scott being like good dad. Like Mm -hmm. there's no point where Liam pushes back, which would is also not, would have been really smart to do that, to have him come into his own and be like, no, Scott, you're not making the right decision here because there's no styles to do it. Yeah. And also if your main character falls apart when things are not always about his friend, he's not your main character. No. And that's
1: just, it's so weird. And what is kind of odd to me about that is that Lydia absolutely could have been that character totally to challenge Scott and she doesn't get an opportunity to do that or perhaps they weren't just weren't interested in it and like Deaton isn't around ever and that just makes me (laughs) wasted potential Mm -hmm. I love Deaton I wish he was around more often I wish he was around to not even like challenge Scott but just to ask him hey do you think this is the right thing to do and make him stop and think about it? Yeah. Because no one is asking Scott to stop and think. And it's kind of cool. Like in this episode to watch the pack operate as kind of like a well-oiled machine. Um, Very convenient, but like it's kind of fun. Um, But the, the, the craziest thing and the thing that feels most in character for Scott this entire season is when he claws his own eyes out. Yeah. And that's great. I just wish we had had some more moments. I wish we had
0: a season that led up to that moment mm-hmm. instead of them building an episode that I guess does that. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. I also think so many characters just get written out of episodes for random reasons because this, this season has no idea how to balance its, its character web. And like I said, really bad timing where where is parrish the entire time why is it all of a sudden like parrish is like the the superhero who can defeat anybody and we never send him directly after the anukete knowing that the other hellhounds whole thing was that he was the protector of whatever
1: yeah i mean uh, perhaps the perhaps the writers realized that they like wrote themselves into a corner of having like this all powerful being mm-hmm. but then they brought in another one mhm and then they had to change all the rules yeah, for a Hellhounds and then just had to write Parrish off because they didn't know what to do with him. Like, I...
0: Yeah. Parrish is just somehow working at the police station without getting hate crimed. How does that work?
1: Yeah, and he just goes to Eichen House. Yeah. Skip it, buddy. Yeah. It's, Skip it's it. It's not worth it.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, Lydia actually also gets kind of backburnered in this season. There's not nearly enough Melissa, even though she's just done this whole thing where she's like, I'm going to be a protector and a healer. She was basically set up at the beginning of the season to be like an emissary type. Which is lit.
1: Yeah. I think that's amazing.
0: She goes away. Um it- <laughs> Raphael comes in and goes away. Yeah. I don't think we have enough of the sheriff, who is mm. such a huge part of the season previous. That feels very jarring.
1: Yeah. Not nearly enough. I when I think it's I I think it's because Styles isn't around. Like he it is so insane. You know, mm-hmm. you just said this. If everything is revolving around that particular relationship and it can't survive without one of them which it did for 6a
0: well that's because the whole show was Mm -hmm. structured around Styles. yes yeah
1: um but like you take that linchpin out and everybody just starts going off in their own directions like refocus
0: yeah yeah it's funny, I can't even say who this season focused on, except for, I guess, like, I mean, it suffers a little bit of, like, the season five problem of there's just too many villains and too many people. Like, I don't really think we needed Gabe or Nolan. No. <laughs> like, I I think there's a way to write it without them. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Okay. So much so that um, Monroe is not in this episode. She's, like, barely in the finale.
1: Uh Yeah. And, I mean, she was in the last one, but the one before that... Hmm. Wasn't in, I wasn't in it at all, I don't think.
0: I get that she's sort of just, like, the figurehead of this movement. Comment on that. Yeah. Ma- I would love a moment where Gerard is like, do you really think that you have any power here? You have always just been a mouthpiece. Like, make that the comment so I know why she's not around. Because me extrapolating uh, is really just me trying to solve their problem for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of doing that. That's actually why the podcast is coming to an end. Um... Well, I, I just, one last thing about that. Um,
1: I, I just think that the writers didn't really know what they, they didn't know what they were doing because I. I think the scene where Gerard goes to talk to the Anukate and is like, please, Mr. Anukate, I'm going to help you kill Scott McCall is so unbelievably funny because like, it's so
0: stupid. I hate the idea that he could even talk to it. I think it's like, I'm tired of people just being able to talk to ancient beings. No, that is the
1: great thing about the berserkers and the, and the Oni. They don't talk. Yeah. They're just silent, silent villains. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's so funny that he, like, goes to talk to the Anukate as if he could manipulate the Anukate into doing what he
0: wanted. Or that the Anukate has literally any concept of who Scott is. Yeah. Well, the Anukate has been in the wild hunt for a hundred years. Like,
1: just because he took over Aaron, that doesn't mean anything. No. That doesn't mean anything. Like, it is so funny, like, that Gerard thinks that he could use the Anukate to his own end. Because... Like, he doesn't, there's no manual. The cannibal thing totally makes sense. Gerard being like, hello, ancient creature that's been trapped in a crazy supernatural hunt for a hundred years. Do my bidding.
0: Yeah. It's also like, again, the Inukite doesn't know who Scott McCall is. Yeah, they know like, who Gerard he'd, is. He'd be like, do you think that the world stops at the city limits because the Teen Wolf writers do? Yeah. Nothing exists outside of it. It's just blank space. Okay. So... Yeah, let's let's move on. I think mm-hmm. we have very well articulated our problems with this season. I think it does nothing to continue digging ourselves in a hole. Um we will continue to think about it for the rest of our lives, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um let's let's talk about what we're going to miss from this season. Um you have to think we have some we have some characters who are not coming back. Like, we have people who we know are not going to come back for the movie. So I know we're we're speaking speculatively mm-hmm. because we have no idea who's going to be in the movie.
1: I assume Allison isn't coming back. Yeah. Bold bold of me to assume that I mean, anyone we, stays we are, dead on Team? Wolf. Yeah,
0: we are talking about 6B, but, like, yes.
1: Oh, characters? Yeah. yeah. um, I would honestly be a little surprised to see Parrish in the movie. I would, too. I don't think Ryan Kelly's particularly busy, but, like... That's cruel. No, I just don't know what he's working on yeah, right now. Yeah, I don't now. know what he's working on either. Um, And so, you know, I, but I, I would be surprised to see him in like a storyline that involves um older pack members like Scott as an adult.
0: Yeah. I mean, also once you have set up the Styles lydia relationship, it's a little bit harder to bring in Parrish because a lot of his like relationship to the pack was like contingent on his relationship with Lydia. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I'll miss him. Our number one fan, Ryan Kelly. Ryan
0: Kelly, you are our number one fan. We know you're. We know you're listening. We know yes. you've listened to the last hour and forty minutes of this podcast. <laughs> Jesus. Um. Um. Yeah. You know, I think that, like, f- terms of structure, like it, a movie is great. I do not want a seventh season, but watching a movie, I I will little worry. I might be like, okay, I am ready for more.
1: <laughs> yeah, I w- on my little planning note, I wrote down that I'm I'm gonna miss the opportunity for long form plots um not that they're always capitalized on appropriately but Mm -hmm. um it makes me kind of nervous like is this gonna be a 90 minute movie situation or like a two and a half hour movie situation because either one is not good
0: yeah (laughs) well I guess we could Shoot a text to our friend Will. <laughs> be like, hey, what's the runtime run you guys are thinking about? Like yeah. two hours? I could he'd be like, that. we have like forty pages written. Leave me alone. What are you asking about? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I am. I am gonna kind of miss that the yeah. the longer form.
0: I think I just know inherently as a movie, like. I'm not going to get what I want out of every character, even if they do come back. Like if they Mm -hmm. throw that Hail Mary and Isaac shows up in that movie, like I'm going to be really glad to see him because I love him. (laughs) But I will know that I won't get like the full, not that I ever Mm -hmm. got the character study on Isaac. I wanted Teen Wolf, but you know, it's not going to be as fulfilling because it is a short form. Mm Mm-hmm well you never know I mean Teen Wolf has a lot of characters and they can't even handle them in 10 episodes let alone in a two-hour movie
1: that's true but I I'm just thinking that like when Psych got a movie they've had they've had four movies really like Psych is I think like seven or eight seasons and like four movies
0: that people just love
1: that show that's really funny and I think you know maybe if the Teen Wolf movie does well make a sequel yeah I'm sure they'll leave the door open
0: oh totally because
1: you can't not um God, what if they just like kill Scott?
0: That would be I mean, metal, <laughs> actually. Hold on, hold on. I'm not trying to get excited, but like that would be crazy. It would be crazy. I love when main characters die. Um like Logan. Yeah, do a Logan with um Scott. I, I doubt that's gonna happen. Um no dialogue, just old man fights <laughs> with child in hand. Sure. <laughs> yeah why not? Um I you know, I'm gonna miss the high
1: school setting. I think we were ready.
0: I think I'm ready to move on. Totally ready to move on. But when I think about some of the shining moments, it's like the sort of... I mean, we have always said this. High school students are the funniest people on planet Earth. Funniest people alive. And, you know, I think that we are going to be removed from some of the hijinks that makes Teen Wolf Teen Wolf. I agree. This is also speculative. They could be like, we're back in high school. There was no time jump. We went backwards. Uh. I don't know that I could watch the movie. oh, not at all. If that were okay. The case. also, like Tyler Posey better show up completely tatted. um, all tattoos Dylan I hope so. too. Yeah. actually,
1: do you know what I'm, my hope is for the deep movie? Tell me, I want them all to be like living in a loft in Los Angeles new girl style home. Yeah, just perfect. like roll roll weirdos. I want them to live somewhere shittier though. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, the loft may be large, but it is shitty, okay.
0: Rest assured. I meant as a, in a city <laughs> oh, environment, like oh, okay. Los Angeles. Even if you've been there, and you know it's not very glamorous because you're like, it's yeah. hot. <laughs> <laughs> no, like yeah, I, like I feel like there's a very like idealized version of Los Angeles, but there's also a reason you and I don't live there. Too hot. Too hot. It, Too much sun. And not even just the sun. It's like the people and the buildings and the cockroaches. Why are there so many cockroaches in that city? Um, I don't know. They love the heat. I guess so. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be funny if they were like, yeah, they live in Minneapolis. All together. <laughs> All together. They're Sorry roommates. to our listeners from Minneapolis. I don't actually think it's shitty. I've never been there. I just named a place. Um, the Midwest would feel appropriate, actually, I for think. Us. Yeah, <laughs> for, for us. Yeah, for me personally. Yeah. You know what? Mm-hmm. Take Teen Wolf back to Georgia.
1: <laughs> back yeah. to the roots. Take her yeah. to Georgia.
0: Teen- <laughs> Another hot place. Teen Wolf Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, my God. But hot in a different direction. Teen Wolf Atlanta. Teen Wolf Like Atlanta. real housewives of Atlanta. Yeah, but Teen Wolf. But Teen Atlanta. Wolf yeah. Um, um, I think there should be a Teen Wolf in like every city. And it's like it's like an anthology <laughs> series. No, no, no. Hear me no, out. No, I love that idea. Because you know how there's like a bunch of different SCOMs now? Because SCOM was so popular in Norway, they like did one in France and they did one in Austin, actually, of all places.
1: Interesting. Do it like SCOM. Um what else are you gonna miss? Um Ducalian. Ducalian. I'm gonna miss Theo I'm just I'm breaking my own heart right now by assuming that Cody Christian's not he posted about it on Twitter I think well I don't want to get my hopes up that's true I really I'm gonna no I think it is
0: insane to me how like one of the saviors of season six was part of the worst season of Teen Wolf he
1: he's just so he's very charming he's so charming he has great screen presence he's great chemistry with pretty much anybody that he's working with Mm -hmm. you know I really like seeing him and not just because of Theum.
0: Okay. I just, just, I, I just i like literally him. I wasn't even <laughs> beginning to accuse you of that. You <laughs> took that upon yourself to bring it up. Okay. Um, so because we don't really know what we're in for, we mostly just have to be excited. And then we'll circle back around and be like, what were we missing when we watch it? Or maybe it's the perfect movie. Who knows? Jeff, I'm rooting for you. Will, I'm also rooting for you.
1: What, big expectations. Big ex-
0: actually, here's the thing. We have ideas and expectations and you have to fulfill i'm kidding um shall we talk about what we're looking forward to yeah more teen wolf i guess More teen i mean wolf. i'm i'm looking forward to for us personally like we have a bunch of projects in the making they're not teen wolf related but i think the idea that we're gonna have things to come back to and reanalyze is exciting
1: yeah i'm really looking forward to that like i'm I'm looking forward to taking a little break from podcasting and like coming back and doing uh, other projects that we're really excited about. Stay tuned. but like the idea of being able to come back and interact with the wolf pack because you know it might be a different group of people who transition to our new stuff and like to come back to like this community that we built, which mm-hmm. was is crazy. Um, to think about is going to be so exciting.
0: Yeah, I'm. I mean, I know that we have people who um, have said like, "Oh, I'm interested in new projects," but that's not going to be everybody, and I certainly don't expect it to be. We all have different things that we're into, it tastes. Uh, yeah, Um But I think that I'm excited that this is still going to be a part of you know how I look at art. I'm excited to. I'm excited to put Teen Wolf to bed intellectually in my head a little bit. Mm-hmm. I. I'm tired sometimes. I, You know, I think it's the reason why we wanted to do this is because Teen Wolf is fun. You know? We have a great time watching it. I'm excited to go back to not having to think that hard about it. Not that I encourage you to turn your brain off when you consume things. It's just like, I don't know how much more I have to say about Teen Wolf. And I'd like to come back and think about things and see if I, you know... Maybe I disagree with my past self. Sometimes mm-hmm. I listen, like catch an, a clip of an early episode, and I'll be like, "Who? Th- why would she say that?" And she is me.
1: Oh, I did a real one eighty on Jackson. So
0: you did. So you know, people change. It's just because but... I'm so persuasive. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for us to be able to put a little bit of the podcast behind us, and then re-enter fresh-faced, like bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and you know, have all of this, you know basically lore we have developed on like this like podcast all of this meta we've written for you know two years Mm -hmm. and be able to have a whole you know catalog and library of ways we feel about Teen Wolf and then hopefully we can be totally blown away by the movie or shocked by it or it can totally subvert our expectations and I'm excited for the anticipation of that like I know the day the first teaser trailer drops like I'm gonna log on the Teen Wolf Twitter and it's gonna be like gonna be crazy. blowing up. Yeah.
1: Um, it's gonna be absolutely I'm I'm telling you, I, I got off a plane when the announcement happened and there were like ten texts from people in my life being like, Did you see this? Yeah. Um I, I agree with you. I'm very excited to just kind of not think about it for a while. But also having done this for the last two and a half years, um, I think puts us in a really good spot to watch the movie, particularly because we'll have a little bit of a breather from it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like I know these characters so well and I care about them a lot. And it's going to be really exciting to see them like in any form. And so to just have all of what we've done in like our back pocket, um, I think will be really helpful for the experience of watching the movie.
0: I think so too. I'm excited. I'm excited for what the future holds for us and the wolf pack. Um, And I'm excited to wrap this episode up. I think that's about it, right? I think so. Uh, Guys, if you liked this episode, all of our social is staying active. It's not the post cadence is going to go down a little bit. But mm-hmm. if you like this episode, you can follow us on Twitter at TeenWolf underscore for updates as we move on to new projects and talk about the movie as it as it comes out. Um, Our Instagram is TeenWolf underscore ReWolf as well. You can follow us on Tumblr at ReWolf, Our Facebook group, which is staying active basically just as a community of people who like TeenWolf and listen to the ReWolf, I fully anticipate that people will still continue posting in there. And we'll be there. We'll be there. It's podcast. You answer the questions, I'll let you in. If you really liked this episode, you guys can buy us a coffee ko-fi.com forward slash TeenWolfReWolf or buy our stickers on Redbubble, redbubble.com forward slash ReWolf. Um, if you want to leave us a review on iTunes, you did miss your cutoff for us reading them on the podcast, <laughs> but we would deeply appreciate it. Um, we're going to watch Highlander yeah. as our last bonus episode. And then next week, we're going to return to do an entire series wrap-up, or you can hear our thoughts. We'll do your Q&Os if you submit them. But other than that, I have been Christian. And I've been Julia. And we hope you guys have a woof of the Week. Ow. woo!